This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 29. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Perfect. <laughs> On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So we're going to do something a little bit different uh, than we normally do here on Sunday morning. Rather than getting up and and, uh, giving a sermon... I thought that we would enter into a dialogue together, Pastor Tyler and I, uh, about our passage, about our series that we've been going through, the Blessed series, the last five or six weeks, and talk about um, what that really means to us and the application, uh, some immediate application for us. I want to begin by saying this. Years and years ago, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, I was a youth pastor, and uh, I remember there was a gathering of youth pastors about this time of the year, graduations had happened or were about to happen, and we were sharing with each other what our year was like, and, and uh, most of us were sharing all the good things that had happened and transformed in the lives of our students. But then there was this one um, youth pastor, and uh, he... Wow, he kind of changed the whole tone of the conversation. And this is what he said. He said, you know, we had a a celebration for our seniors. And at the end of the celebration, uh, one of my leaders in my youth group, a senior uh, young woman, came up to me and said something like this. "Uh, Pastor Steve, for four years I've sat under your leadership as my youth pastor, and you have done a great job of uh, challenging us to live for Christ, uh, to make a difference in the world for Jesus. And of course, you can imagine, he was just like puffed up, like, yeah, you know, this is one of my student leaders, and, and she's letting me know I did such a great job of, of challenging them to live for Jesus in the world. There was a pause, and then she said, but you never showed us how. Now, can you imagine? Talk about something that would pierce his heart. 
Essentially, she was saying, hey, you've done a, a good job of, of opening the Scripture. You've done a good job of teaching us God's Word. You've done a good job of exhorting us to live for Jesus, to walk with Jesus in the world. But Pastor Steve, when it comes to really demonstrating what that looks like, how we can do that, you didn't do it very well. It crushed him. And I remember he was just weeping. And how we prayed. And, but it was uh, a word for all of us to kind of check ourselves, check our ministries, how we approach ministry. And it's something that I'll never forget. Obviously, I'm sharing that with you, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, I'm sharing it with you now because it was that impactful. That's why we had the BLESS series, the uh, Intentional uh, Evangelism Initiative, uh, that we joined covenant churches all across the country to try to share how you and I can live in the world, be very intentional, um, with five missional practices. The first is the B, means begin with prayer. The second is an L, it means listen with care. The third stands for eat, eat together, gather around a meal. Um, the first S, uh, that stands for serve, serve with love. And the last S is share your story. And in each of those, we find very practical ways that we can engage people in our world uh, people that God has brought in to relationship with us, those divine appointments, um, that we can live intentionally for Jesus and we can engage people. And each of these becomes a tool through which um, we can not only visibly manifest the kingdom of God in our actions, but it sets the table, places us in relationship where we can share our story of how Christ has transformed our lives. And, and really, that is what this BLESS initiative has been all about. It's about giving you tools so that you can go out, live for Jesus in the world, and exert kingdom influence uh, in the lives of others. The important thing, and we've noted it throughout the series, is that we do that as a part of a community. Jesus raised up uh, his disciples and, and those that followed them. It was a part of a community. And Jesus modeled for them. He taught them. Uh, then he went out with them. Uh, and then he sent them out on their own. And all of that was designed in community to, to reinforce the kingdom values, to reinforce what it means to live for Christ in the world and to share the good news of the gospel the good news of God's kingdom. And Jesus models that for us uh, in the New Testament. And so this BLESS initiative uh, is following Jesus' model. Every single one of the things that we've talked about uh, these past five or six weeks, you can see present in the ministry of Jesus and his followers. And so that's what's so excited about this. This isn't uh, something that we had to invent to try to engage our faith community out in the world where God has placed you. Instead, it's merely doing 
what all of us are called to do, and that's follow Jesus, follow his example, and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us as we do that. So, Pastor Tyler, I know that uh, as we've talked about the Blessed series and that emphasis on community, that, that really is something for you. Um, that's near and dear to your heart. You want to share a little bit about that? I've been a Christian for a long time, right? And in growing up in the church and in school and seminary and stuff like that, the thing that I notice is when we talk about things like discipleship and evangelism, first we talk about those things a lot of times separately. Mm-hmm. And I've so appreciated about the blessed that it brings those two things together. Yeah. But the other thing is is that it really... It, Without coming out and specifically saying it, it's really talked about as each of us, our individual responsibility, right? Which is true. We each share some responsibility for that. But what I felt like is missing and what I got excited about this was, as you mentioned already, was evangelism and discipleship, when you look in the New Testament, always happens in the context of community, and even when Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them two by two, right? It was never, you need to just go and do this and memorize these three verses. And then, you know, and so it's, it's intended to be uh, something we do as a community. And, um, um, and a couple of the passages we talked on from the Blessed series, a, a couple times out of John 13. And you might remember out of John 13, one of the big things Jesus says is, by this will... All people know that you follow me if you love one another. So it seems like it's in the heart of Jesus as well. That it's the, what, one of the ways that we give witness to the good news of the, of the kingdom, of the gospel, is the kind of relationship and community that we get to share with, with other people. Yeah. Um, so in our home groups this year, it's always been in the back of my mind, and I, I, you know, I, I spoke on the very first uh, begin with prayer and acknowledge that this is an area in my life I want to grow individually, but learn how to do as a community as well. And so um, at the beginning of the year and different times throughout the years, we talked with home groups. The hope is, is that we would capture a vision of this. So it wouldn't simply be a small group in the way that churches often think it's just a place for me to grow. And for me to be involved in fellowship. But just like Jesus did with his disciples, he did that with them, but also involved them in ministry with him. So there's the community uh, that we build together, but that we offer to the community around us um, and invite more people in. And so that, um, with the home group, we're trying to adopt that same kind of mission, if you will, and learn to... Uh, Take what God has given us and share it with others. Yeah. Now, you know, in the context of our passage today in Luke chapter 10, if you want to turn to that, you can. If you have your your Bibles or your electronic reading device, okay, um, you can turn to that. We're going to make some reference to that now. But one of the things that's very interesting, as you read through uh, the New Testament, there there definitely, we would all agree, uh, is this evangelistic impulse, isn't there? Um, that, that Jesus is equipping his disciples um, for ministry that exceeds anything they could even imagine. Can you imagine this small group that he gathered around them 
And as he's training them and teaching them and demonstrating them and giving them opportunity to do ministry, uh, he's saying to them, and, and you are going to take this message to the farthest places of the world. Now, now these are people who may not have gone very far from their hometown, right? I mean, it would be like me getting up here and saying, we're equipping you because you're going to take the message of the gospel to another galaxy. You go, huh? I mean, think about what that really meant to his initial followers. I mean, it's, try to get your head around that. I have a difficult time just trying to get my head around it. And uh, I have a much broader understanding of the world and, uh, than certainly these first century followers did. So you can only imagine the impact that must have had on them and, and trying to figure out what's this going to look like? What does this mean for us? But here's the thing. As, as Pastor Tyler speaks about community, you know, at our very, very best, we are a community that is modeling kingdom values. Uh, people know we're Jesus followers because of our love for one another, right? That's all going on here in community. That's at our very best. But something has happened in, in our church today. And that something is this. And there are many studies and there's empirical data that will bear this out. They all differ a little bit, but they basically say the same thing and re reveal the same issue. And it's this. Within a few years of coming to faith in Jesus Christ, the average Christ follower, the average Christian, cuts off all ties with people outside the community of faith. In other words, most of us become insulated. Uh, most of our relationships, most of our spare time, uh, most of the things we prioritize um, around faith take place inside the walls of the church or in the homes of others who are like-minded in faith. That's, that's, that's true. That's a statistic. But what does that mean for those of us that, that not only want to live into the Great Commission, but also live the Great Commandment? Of course, that really is in the context of our passage today. And in Luke chapter 10, there is a teacher of the law, and it begins there in verse 25, it says, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up, and what did he want to do? He wanted to test Jesus. And he's going to try to test Jesus by asking questions. But you'll note all through the New Testament and the Gospels, when somebody asked Jesus a question to try to test him, right? He turns it around on them, and it ends up he asks them questions, and it tests them. All right? And you're going to see that pattern in the dialogue here. And, of course, here's the test. He asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Another way of rephrasing that would be, what must I do to fully participate in life in your kingdom, in God's kingdom. What does that look like? 
What must I do to, to, to live into the fullness of the kingdom of God? And of course, Jesus says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now that, that comes from the Old Testament. A teacher of the law would have been familiar with Deuteronomy 6.5 and Leviticus 9.18. He would have known that. Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But the teacher of the law wanted to justify himself. He wanted to justify how he was living. He wanted to be seen righteous in the eyes of God. And really, the issue here is he didn't really want to change. He, he wanted to say, hey, what I'm doing right now is good enough. He wanted to justify his life and, and how he chose to engage God. So he asked Jesus this question, well, who is my neighbor? And that really gets to the point here. And as you read this, the question is, who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Who is your neighbor? As you live into not only the Great Commission, but the Great Commandment, who is your neighbor? Is it the person sitting on your right or left? Uh, is it the, uh, the person that you um, are in men's Bible study or women's Bible study with? Who's your neighbor? Or is it a much broader application than the immediate and the obvious? And so Jesus goes in and he begins to tell a parable. And that parable is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And as uh, Tyler and I were, were having conversation about this parable this week, especially as it relates to who is our neighbor and how does that fit into uh, this blessed series, what does it mean for us to be a community of faith together, on mission together, living life together with Christ in the center? How, how does this parable and, and ultimately the question that Jesus is going to pose back, how does that apply to us? And Tyler, you had some very specific thoughts on that. Well, it starts with one question, but it ends with another question. I don't want to steal your thunder. Yeah, no, I, that's all right. Yeah. I, I think what we talked about is, you know, he's, he's asking the question, you know, how, how much do I have to do? And by the way, I don't know if you notice in the New Testament, but anytime somebody asks Jesus, how much do I have to do, essentially, to, to measure up? Be careful, because Jesus <laughs> will raise the bar so high, Right. Right, because if that's the measure you're going to use, then it's perfection. Right, if it's based on your performance, and that was his question. Right? right, how well do I have to perform? So Jesus goes, well, let me share with you how well you have to perform. <laughs> right, but the point is, and when have you crossed over and done enough? The the point is, are you neighborly? Right, right. he's making a part. So he's asking, uh, who's my neighbor? And Jesus is saying, no. The the right question is, are you neighborly? Right, and he, and he does that through a, a parable, a story of the Good Samaritan. We're familiar with that. You know, there was a person on their way on the road, and, and they were beat up and robbed and left for dead. And along came two very pious, righteous uh, uh, Jews. And they looked, and they saw the person in need, and they passed them by. And, and the end, oh, felt righteous in doing so. It felt righteous in doing so, that's right. I felt good about it. 
Not only did I pass them by, but I'm justified in doing it. Because, yeah. Yeah. So, and then along comes this unexpected uh, hero of the story who is a, a Samaritan, the one that, in, in terms of the religious understanding of the day, would have been the least likely, the most unexpected, uh, the person that you couldn't even imagine uh, would, would be the hero or make the point of Jesus' story. Uh, the person least likely in the eyes of a righteous Jew, right? And so it's a Samaritan that gives aid and comfort. It's a Samaritan that invests time and treasure and talent. It's a Samaritan that gives himself fully to this destitute, wounded, injured individual to make sure that they recover. Not only recover, but recover well. And then Jesus poses the question at the end of the story to the teacher of the law. And this is really what gets at at uh, Tyler's observation, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert of the law replied, verse 37, the one who had mercy on him. Okay? Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Man, whenever you see a go and do likewise... That's really important. Uh, We talked about it last week after Jesus finished washing the feet of his disciples. What did he say to them? Go and do likewise. And that service in the body of Christ, in that context, Jesus with his disciples, right? Demonstrating what, what real true serving with love looks like. And here now is a different context talking about those outside the body of Christ. And it's the same thing. Now you go and do likewise. So the the beauty of this is it starts with a question, who is my neighbor? And as Tyler said, Jesus really poses the question, are you being neighborly? and really redefines the understanding in first century Judaism of who constitutes our neighbors. And are you being neighborly? And that application applies to us today in in our church and in the context that we find ourselves here in Alaska and in the world. Who are our neighbors and are we being neighborly? Are we going and doing likewise? Following the example of the, the Good Samaritan. And so with that, in this blessed series, as we have encouraged engagement, uh, we've given you tools, but we have some more tools. And Pastor Tyler, would you share some about that? Yeah, so um, back up even a little bit farther. We, we had talked for a while about how can we as because as Todd had kind of talked about that this youth pastor that if if we're talking about it and as a church we're not looking for ways that we can provide resources for people uh, to live into that as well and so I knew I knew for quite a while we were looking for ways to help us as a congregation connect with our neighbors 
And uh, we had some ideas about that. And then this Bless series came along, and it really seems like it fit hand in glove. And so um, some of the resources I have online are, are specifically, that I'm going to tell you about, are specifically to help us connect with neighbors on our block. I mean, they could be used in a variety of ways, too. But You mean the neighbors on the other side of the road? Uh, yeah, oh, close by. We, we might have to cross over to... Might have to. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's the going and doing likewise. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, and what it is, is, is uh, and I'm, I'm going to invite Jane to come on up here. Jane, why don't you come on up? Because uh, what it is, is, uh, you know, one easy way to do this, and I was thinking about this as we were sharing this morning, that um, an easy way to hit a lot of these letters is to host a neighborhood party and meet your neighbors, right? Because you can pray about it beforehand. You can... Serve people, you can listen to them and share your story and all that in the context of that. So now I asked Jane, this is my mother in law, by the way. I asked her, because I, I watched Jane in particular and others too uh, in, our, in our extended family, but I asked you, I saw you particularly really give energy to, to throwing a neighborhood party and, and connecting with our neighbors. And uh, so would you tell us a little bit about that? It started, like, I want to say, about three or four years ago. Kind of share what you, you did and, and how it turned out, and then I'll ask you a couple follow-up questions. Okay. Um, the flyer I've got says uh, you're invited to the fourth annual, but I think we've done at least five. Um, we've handed out flyers on the first couple, and we also had a way people could give us their email when they came, if they wanted to, which after a while made it much easier because now we can just put the flyer on the email and maybe hand out a couple of to new people. So that made it a lot easier. And um, then uh, I wanted to say that, and they have been very well attended. Uh, Neighbors sometimes even for the first time meet the person living next door to them. So it's been kind of lots of interesting outcomes. Our daughter in Anchorage kind of got the fever and started uh, doing block parties. So they just do one right in their neighborhood, maybe in somebody's backyard, but then another person I know uh, actually put some um, sawhorses out on the street to block traffic and actually does it right in the street, having a, a block party. You probably heard of those, too. So um, we've done some other things, too. Like recently, I think the most recent thing we did was have a progressive dinner. So we went from, I think we included three houses. It was in the winter, so we didn't want to do too many houses to do a progressive dinner where we had salad, you know, main course, dessert kind of thing. And uh, we've also done, uh, oh, one of the neighbors uh, did a new patio in the backyard, barbecue, kind of fancy. So we did sort of a backyard part, patio warming, not housewarming, but patio warming. And we've also done, uh, this one didn't turn out too good. I was kind of embarrassed. It's a new neighbor, so I thought we'd have some morning a meet the new neighbor coffee time. And I think there was only three of us plus the neighbor. So it was a little bit embarrassing, I thought, because I thought we'd get a little better attendance at something like that. 
we've done Christmas caroling, but then we have in our neighborhood some <clears throat> good musicians, which helped do that kind of a thing. Uh, we had a, one of our neighbors had a very good friend that lived just not quite in the neighborhood, was a tremendous piano player, and I loved hearing him play. So he played at our house, and so I asked him, would you play for the neighbors? So I invited neighbors to come and hear him play, and he loved playing, so that was fun. Stephanie uh, Stockhouse and I, uh, Stockhouses are in our neighborhood. She and I once made Christmas treats and handed them out to people. Um, We've also tried a prayer meeting, And, of course, I just got the people that I knew were Christians. So then we had a few people that worked that couldn't come, so we would email. I had a neighborhood prayer list. And that kind of finally fizzled because it ended up there were just two of us. And so my partner said, well, maybe we should wait and see. So someday maybe we'll resurrect the prayer meeting, which was really good because we would you know, find out the needs in the community in right in our neighborhood and pray about them. Um, let's see if I've got all those things we've done. Oh, we had a Christmas party. One of the neighbors hosted a Christmas party. Um, and uh, let's see. I think, I've, I think I covered just about everything that we've done. Um, in the future, I'd like to do maybe this winter a uh, guess who's coming to dinner. Have you heard of those? Those are kind of fun because you find out who would like to host the dinner and then you find out who would like to be a, a guest and you kind of put them together so people don't know who's coming until they get there. So we might do that in the winter because our neighborhood barbecues are usually uh, July or August. We used to have them in September, but then that's hunting season. So one of the neighbors finally said, you always do it. We can't come because we go hunting. So then we started trying to do it a little bit earlier to include everyone. And so because the scripture says, you're Jerusalem, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, well, if you're not over in Africa or somewhere else, your neighborhood is so close by. So that's a pretty easy one to do. So that's about it, Tyler. You know, that, that almost sounds like it could be fun. And by the way, it is, it is the most exciting neighborhood in Alaska. So thanks. thanks. Well, I did have one time. We skipped... We skipped one, and I don't know this last year, year before last, I think, because I got kind of discouraged, and I said, you know, nobody's mentioned anything about the barbecue so far. So I waited all summer, and nobody mentioned the barbecue. So I thought, if nobody mentions it, I'm not going to do it. Well, finally somebody did mention it, but it was kind of too late, and that was Tobin Shaw said, Grandma, we haven't done the barbecue. (laughs) So anyway, um, I really need to respond to the Holy Spirit and not everybody else. <laughs> Thank you, 
So you're thinking, wow, that sounds like a lot. But what we really want to do is help us all take baby steps. And so um, what we have done, I have a table with an example of these materials out in the lobby today. But we want to help you just be able to connect with your neighbors and provide a service at the same time. And it gives you an excuse to get out and talk to your neighbors. So what we've done is collected some emergency preparedness stuff. And in particular, there's one out there that's for helping your neighborhood to respond in a disaster when um, it's likely that 9-11 responders are not even going to show up. They're going to be so overwhelmed. So imagine an earthquake, uh, a volcano goes off or something like that. So there's a resource for that. And uh, one idea is you, you, you take an invitation, which, by the way, you can download and modify, right? Take an invitation, and you take a sheet that, that allows you to um, collect people's contact information, and it, and it explains on the back of that sheet why you're doing that, what you're going to use it for, what you're not going to use it for. And you go around and go, hey, my name's so-and-so. We live down the street. We thought it would be a good idea just to connect as neighbors and make sure we know one another in case something ever was to happen or if there's a bear in the neighborhood. And, and uh, we want to invite you to a, a barbecue. And uh, we, we just thought we'd connect with the people on our block. And, you know, this is a date we're, we're looking at. We'd like you to come. And, uh, and so when they come... Then you have some materials you can give out as well and talk through the, the one sheet. I had like, I think, three different sheets um, out there. This is, the, this is the one on the neighborhood disaster response guide here, but also I have a couple of other just general emergency preparedness stuff. So it's just as a way to care for your neighbors. And then if that feels like too much, you don't you know, have a hard time, even if you want to just connect with your neighbors and collect addresses and so that th there's a way for you guys to connect and, and if something was to happen again, what happens in our neighborhood is we get calls is, hey, by the way, there's a bear on, on, on the road. So if your kids are coming down, you might send them with the, with the Smith & Wesson 500. You know, so we get... <laughs> yeah. Only in Alaska, Pastor it's a friendly Tyler. It's a friendly neighborhood. Well, I'm not in California anymore. So I have examples of all those out on the table, but also on if you go to our, our front page of our website, you can, there's a link there to take you to a Dropbox has all those, and we're going to leave them up all summer, and you could just download them, modify them to suit your needs. But we really want to resource you so it makes it really easy to take first steps. Yeah, and as you do that, we'd like to hear from you. We would love to have you um, share with us and, and maybe the congregation. Uh, what that was like and, and how you engaged and just were able to exchange emails or phone numbers with the person across the street or the person to your left or right. You know, uh, State Farm Insurance says, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, right? Uh, I would like to think, like a good neighbor, um, Community Covenant and those who are followers of Jesus Christ are there. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And uh, we can do that. We can do that. So... Good. And Tyler, one more thing. Uh, hey, about inviting people to things. That's right. And I, I do want to mention real quick, too, though, that it, just like you heard in Jane's story a little bit, if you know of somebody who's a Christ follower in your neighborhood, maybe there's somebody to go to our church or maybe it's not, why not include them in that and uh, do mission together in, in that regard? What we have in our worship guide today is uh, coming to a summer near you. Did you know summer is upon us? And what we've listed is specific events that we are hosting or involved with this summer 
that are going to be very guest-friendly events. In other words, you can invite somebody. We're not going to embarrass them. We're not going to baptize them on the spot. Well, well, wait a minute. Uh, The Ethiopian eunuch said, what keeps you from being baptized right now? I mean, I'm not going to turn somebody down with that request. Well, that's true. All right. Okay. But um, we have a couple of live music events. We're we're, um, hosting the the Chinooks on uh, July 23rd, and Jonathan, our... Jonathan Cannamore from our church, who used to lead worship here, he's going to be providing some live oh, music. That's good. And um, they're going to be in our services here actually next week, so you'll get to meet a few of them. But here's some events that you can invite somebody to if you're looking for a safe event to invite somebody. Great. All right. So, you know what she's saying? Go and do likewise. All right. <laughs>